why don't we pray and then let's get into the message today. Father, I just pray right now that you would open up our eyes, ears, and hearts for somebody to receive a word from you, that you would communicate through me your word today, that it wouldn't be my words, it would be yours. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and have your way. And all God's children said, amen. amen. All right. Hey, so we're in uh, part three of our series, Supernatural. We actually started this series uh, a few weeks ago. Last week, we had our Next Gen Sunday where we highlighted our kids, youth, and young adults, had three different speakers. It was a ton of fun. But I'm pumped to be back for this Supernatural series, all right? Um, the reason why is because we're going a year in the book of Acts. If you haven't been here, let me tell you, the word that God gave me for this year is supernatural. And I feel like he told me that we were going to be in the book of Acts for an entire year. And so I'm pumped because we're getting, we're, if you know anything about the book of Acts, right at the beginning, it gets real good real fast. It's like Acts 1 and 2 is awesome, okay? So I really encourage you, please come back for the next few weeks because we're going to be talking about a whole lot of things, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, talking about Pentecost, talking about sharing our faith boldly with other people. Come on, somebody. Talking about the amazing miracles that God did and the apostles did and the people did in the church, in the early church. And so please make sure you come back for this. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but today I have a word for you, and we're going to start with Acts 1-8, which is kind of like the series verse, if you will. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, but you will receive Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Somebody say, power. power. Come on. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in the last part of this series, I talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise that God has given us that the Holy Spirit will come. And it was in the Old Testament through the prophet Joel. When, he, when God says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, he promised that the Holy Spirit would come. Then John the Baptist comes on the scene. He says, I baptize with water, but there is one coming whose sandals I am not even worthy to untie. And he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Which, what is fire? Holy Spirit, okay, power. And then Jesus comes on the scene and says the same thing. He says, hey, John baptized with water, but now in a few days you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there's this promise of the Holy Spirit that we see over and over and over again in Scripture. But he said it's important that you wait for it. You got to wait. You got to pray. You got to seek after God for this promise, for this gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he said, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't go pray for people. Don't go try to cast out demons. Don't try to heal the sick. Don't tell people about Jesus. Don't, tell, don't do anything until you receive the Holy Spirit. And so he promises this Holy Spirit. But then, so what's the purpose? Why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the Holy Spirit in us and filling us up and flowing out from us. And I can sum it up in one word, and it is simply this, power. Amen? We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So today's message is simply the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding, a lot of misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit. Who the Holy Spirit is, we know he's a person, but what does he do? And, and the main thing that the Holy Spirit does is he gives you power to become a witness for Jesus. Like if you wanted to sum it up, that's what the Holy Spirit does for you. But uh, I think a lot of people have misunderstandings because of a few reasons. Number one, because of what you've been taught. You've been taught by uh, other pastors or other speakers or a podcast you listen to or somebody on TikTok, which is a terrible place to get spiritual advice. Let me just tell you that right now. 
stop doing it. I'm tired of answering your questions that you got confused with on TikTok. All right, so, oh my goodness. Anyway, that's a sermon. <laughs> so, but we've been taught things that are just honestly incorrect about the Holy Spirit and how he works and operates. But then there's just sometimes I think we just, we just think things. We just have these opinions about things and we're a very individualistic society and culture and everybody thinks that we all know things. And I think sometimes we just got to go back to the word of God and see what it says. Amen. And, and let's learn who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And there's a lot of good Christian people out there, really. A lot of my friends that I know um, who don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe that uh, there's this second work is what they would call it, that there's salvation, but then there's something more after that God promises us, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they say, well, when I believed in Jesus, that's when I received the Holy Spirit. And while technically, yeah, that is true, uh, we really do believe that there is a separate experience, the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Peter and all of the disciples and the 120 are in the upper room together, and man, it says that there was like a rushing wind that came into that place, and they all spoke in tongues, and man, they were praising God in different languages, and it was incredible, and then they were empowered to do the work of the ministry and to see miracles, signs, and wonders in their lives, and we should seek that. We should want that. This is something that Jesus says is a good thing for you and for me, and we'll talk about all that stuff in the coming weeks. I know I just said tongues and about half the room was like, and I'm out, okay? <laughs> like, let me, let me encourage you. Please come back. Please come back. I just want to encourage you. Don't pull back. Press in. Don't pull back. But press in over the next few weeks. I, you start talking about, you might be here for the first time. You're like, oh, pastor's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said tongues. I don't know about this church anymore. Let me tell you, this is for everybody. It's not just for 2,000 years ago. It is for us today. And my job here today that I feel like God has told me to do for the last few weeks is simply to break down some walls, to break down some misunderstandings of who God is, break down some misunderstandings of the Holy Spirit, how he works, how he operates. And so that maybe you won't pull back, but maybe you'll, you'll be compelled by the Holy Spirit to, to lean in a little bit, to press in a little more, to believe that God has more for you then maybe you've known. And, and don't build your theology. This is what a lot of Christians do. It's unfortunate, but a lot of believers build their theology on what didn't happen. They build their theology on what hasn't happened yet. And they say, well, it hasn't happened to me, so it must not be for anybody. A lot of people build their theology on disappointment, discouragement, disbelief. Come on, that's not how God calls us to live. He said, you're supposed to be living by what? Faith, amen? Not by disbelief, not by doubt. We live by faith. And I believe that this is going to be a house and is a house of miracles. In this place, God is gonna do incredible things. And I don't want us to be living in this place of disappointment, discouragement, disbelief. God wants to infuse some faith into your bones right here today, right now. If you want that, can you say amen? Come on, because I know I do. I don't want you to stop short of all that God has for you. Really, ultimately, that's what I want for you today. And there's many Christians who think that they already have all that God has for them. And it makes sense that if you already think that I have everything that God has for me when I got saved, then you're not going to seek after the more. You're not going to seek after God for greater things. You're not going to believe that God wants to do more in your life. So today, I just want you to know there's more. Amen? There's more out there for you. So I think a lot of believers are just uh, satisfied with going to heaven, right? It's like, man, I got saved. 
And I, you know, I just kind of struggle and scrape my way and just like claw my way into the pearly gates. You know what I mean? Like I barely made it, Lord, I'm here. It's like, no, that's not how God calls you to live, man. He calls you to live in victory in the name of Jesus, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that you have the power and authority, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can live within you and within me, the power to do miracles, the power to see God speak in your life, to feel his presence, to be led by his Holy Spirit. And man, yet we stop so short of these things sometimes. Too many believers are satisfied with the spiritual experience they had years ago. And yet there's no active power of God in their life today. That's not, I don't see that in scripture, do you? I don't see that anywhere. I'm not satisfied with an experience that I had 24 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus. I was seven years old at kids camp. Praise God for rad kids. Come on now. I love it. It's amazing. But I gave my life to God 24 years ago. What if I was like, all right, this is the peak. <laughs> Seven years old, I called my mom on a payphone. like, mom, this is the best point of my entire life. It'll never get better than this. That's not what I said. I was beginning my journey. That was the first step, the very beginning. I'm not satisfied with 16 years ago. I was 15 years old, and God called me into ministry. What if I was like, well, this is it. I heard God's voice. He called me into ministry. This is the best it'll ever get. No, come on now. I'm not satisfied when I got a word in 2017 that God gave me the vision to start this church. He gave me the word radical. No, no, no. I'm not satisfied with seeing the things that we've seen in the past because my testimony from the past is not a, a future power. No, I want the power of God today, right now, active, daily, in my life. I don't want to live off my testimony and let that try to sustain me for the rest of my life. That's like yesterday's food, man. I already ate it. It's gone. I need a fresh meal. <laughs> I need a hot dog and a burger. Come on now. We got a game later. I need a fresh meal. You think I'm going to watch this game and not have some food in front of me? Absolutely not, you know? And don't try to live your life for Jesus without some food in front of you. Okay, like let's eat, y'all. Let's have some experiences. Let's have some testimonies of what God is doing in our lives, man. I want to walk in the power of God daily, and I want you to. He, Jesus promised that we'd be able to do that. And he said you'll receive what? Power. That word power is, is a Greek word, dunamis. Somebody say Dunamis. There you go. You know Greek now. There you go. You can tell your friends. Greek means power, strength, miracles. It also, it's mighty works. Miracle working power of God. You'll see if it says mighty works or all these different things, it translates to dunamis. It's, it's used a whole lot in the Bible, in the New Testament, but especially in Acts. And what does it mean? In English, we get the word dynamite, dynamo, dynamic. It's this explosive, powerful, mighty, working God. This power that we have available to us, it is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And that's where we see all these miracles come from, is this power that works through Jesus, works through the apostles, works through the early church. And he said, you will receive power. This power is the power that Jesus said that you can have. Come on now, that's good stuff. On the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit comes, uh, Peter hops up and he says this. Acts 2, 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, dunamis, wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. So what does this say here? It's saying that miracles happen when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can expect that God will do powerful things in your life when you're walking with the Holy Spirit. 
Good stuff, right? Come on. Acts 3.12. There was somebody that uh, they just prayed over, and uh, he was a paralytic, and he just gotten up and walked. And so this is Peter. It says, when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does it surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness that we had made this man walk? I believe in a God who heals the sick and makes the lame walk. Amen? Amen. I believe in a God who makes the deaf ears hear, makes the blind see. Now, it's not just 2,000 years ago. It's for today. God didn't stop working and stop moving. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on now. It's not your power. It's not my power. And this is what he's trying to say. Why are you staring at us as if it was us that did anything? I didn't do nothing. It was just God working in me and through me. That's all it was. It's God's power working within you. And so then people bring them in. Uh, they go up before the Sanhedrin and uh, kind of all these Jewish uh, leaders. And they're starting to question them a little bit. They're like, hey, how are you doing all this stuff? They say, Acts 4, 7, they had Peter and John brought before them, began to question them. By what power, by what dunamis, or what name did you do this? They're saying, how did you do all this? What name are you using to do all this stuff? Because they had seen some parlor tricks before. They had seen some, some magic before, sorcery, all that kind of stuff. They had seen some of these things, but this was different. Something going on here. And so Acts 4.33, it says, with great power comes great responsibility. Just kidding. That's Spider-Man. <laughs> with great power. It's a good one, yeah. My son liked that one. The apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. It says, with power, they testified. What does that mean? It means they told people about Jesus. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they were able to boldly share their faith with others, even at the risk of death. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you can't help but tell people about God. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to boldly share your faith with people, not shrink back. Listen, I don't care if you're introverted or extrovert, okay? This is for you, all right? So all these extroverted people are like, yeah, I told you introverts. I mean, you know, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. You will be empowered to share your faith in whatever way that God leads you to, however he leads you to, in whatever area he leads you to. Come on, I wanna have boldness to be a good witness for Jesus. And this is what it is. What's the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit? He said, you'll receive power and you will be my witnesses. What's the purpose of the power? To be a good witness. He said, don't go anywhere and do anything until you receive the power because you'll be a stanky witness. (laughs) You will not be good unless you have my power. He said, wait in Jerusalem. This power is not just for miracles. If that's all it was, it would just be a good parlor trick, just like all the other sorcerers and magicians. I don't want a power from God that's healing people, and that's it. Now, the healing, that's great. Praise God for that. But this is a power, this is an explosive, dynamic power that has the power to heal, but also has the power to save. Amen? The power to uh, bring salvation and help people be delivered and help people be healed, but also bring salvation to people that need to know about the hope and life that we have in Jesus Christ. It's not a power that's given to me for myself, but this power is given to us by Christ for you and I to lead people to Christ. That's what it's all about. But then this is where a lot of people stop, okay? I get it. 
they'll say, this power isn't for me though. This was for the apostles. This is something that it was for them during that time. And it's not something that happens here today. It's not for us as believers 2,000 years later. Um, well, Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, dunamis, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Who was Stephen? He was not one of the 12 apostles. He was a deacon. He was a regular person. He was one of the seven that was actually chosen in Acts chapter 6 to uh, distribute food and to kind of take care of the affairs of the church while the apostles were out doing their thing. While they were studying and praying and teaching and preaching, these were the men that were supposed to stay back and, and help the people that were in the church. This is a normal dude distributing food to the widows and the poor. What does this mean? This means that the church food bank director was driving out demons, y'all. Like, that's what it means. The food bank guy was healing the sick. It's incredible. What about Philip? There's two Philips, by the way. Don't get confused. Philip the apostle, Philip the evangelist. He eventually becomes Philip the evangelist. This is, he was also one of the deacons that was chosen, okay? Not a pastor, he, was not, he didn't start out as an evangelist. He was just a guy that the apostles chose as, hey, you got a leadership gift on you? Want to help you stay back? He's kind of an administrative guy probably and helping out with all the stuff back home while we're out doing our thing, okay? Acts 8, 6 through 7. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Hmm. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, as they should. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. And then just a little bit later, Simon the sorcerer comes up, this guy doing all them parlor tricks, says, Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles dunamis he saw. So we got Stephen, we got Philip, and there are many others that start to walk in the power of God. The dunamis power, this explosive, miraculous, supernatural power of God. In Acts 10, 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I want to pull out a couple things from this passage, from this verse real quick. What do we learn here? Number one, it says Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. One thing we can learn from here is that not all sickness, but some sickness is caused directly by Satan himself. Not all. Don't hear me wrong, okay? But some sickness and some disease for sure is caused directly by demonic influence and demonic strongholds in your life. And Jesus was able to heal these people from these things and from these strongholds. And, but how was he able to do it? This is the second thing I want to point out. Ready? Healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. He was able to do all of this stuff that he did because it says God was with him. You're like, well, he is God. Yes, he is. He's fully God. He's fully man. But God was with Jesus. I want you to remember this, okay? It says this in Luke 5, 17. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Well, hold on a second. Aren't you Jesus? Can't you just do whatever you want, whenever you want? I thought you were able to just heal people all the time, and you have the power. Like, aren't you the one that gives it out? It says that the power of the Lord was with him. 
God was with him. And so I'm going to ask you this question. Is the power of the Lord with you? Are you walking around on empty or do you need to go to Costco and get a Holy Spirit fill up, y'all? Come on now. You need to get some gas. You need to charge that Tesla, okay? Like you need to get some Holy Spirit power right up in you, okay? Let me tell you. Because if you don't have it, you're not going to be able to do these things. And this is what it's saying. God was with him. Are you walking around empty or are you full of the Holy Spirit? Because the same power that Jesus had, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, we have that available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we know this? Philippians 2, it talks about how Jesus emptied himself. Now, this is a very difficult theological discussion. Not going to get into it too crazily here. It's the idea of kenosis. Look it up if you want. Here's the point. Jesus emptied himself. It's the idea that Jesus chose to do miracles as a man. If Jesus did miracles as God, that sounds great. And you can stand back and be like, wow, good for you. So cool. Awesome, Jesus. Love it. If Jesus does miracles as a man, full of the Holy Spirit and fully submitted to God, now it becomes a model for you and I to follow. You with me? Okay. It says he emptied himself, fully submitted to God, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. John 5, 19, Jesus gave him this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Look at that verse for a second. The son can do nothing by himself. That is very clear, y'all. He is straight up saying, by myself, Jesus, I cannot do anything. That kind of wrecks a lot of people. If you've never read it like this before, you're like, hold on a second, that doesn't make sense. He had to be full of the Holy Spirit. I'm just doing whatever the Father is saying to do. I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit of God, my Father, and then I'm doing what he asked me to do. He says, I can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens? He says he's full of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't remember where this is, but it's right before he goes to, he gets baptized and then it says the, the spirit of God comes and rests on him and remains like a dove. And then he remains. And then it switches to the next chapter. And it says, now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, goes out to be tempted in the desert for 40 days. So Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. We learned this. How many of you would love to be able to resist the devil for 40 days in a row without eating or drinking anything? Come on now, that's what the Holy Spirit can do for you. He gives you that supernatural power, okay? I'm not saying go out in some random desert or some forest and try to resist the devil, okay? What I'm saying is, is that the power of God can help you overcome Satan's plans in your life. And I want that, and I hope that you want that too. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and then he was able to conquer the plans of the enemy. Oh, that's another message too. Come on now. He said that we would do greater miracles than he ever did too. That's what Jesus said. You remember the miracle of the uh, woman with the issue of blood? This one's in Mark 5. I do know that one. She touches um, Jesus' cloak and then gets instantly healed. And he's like, who touched me? And the disciple said, everybody touched you, dude. We're in a crowded place. Everybody's all around you. What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, no. I felt power, dunamis, go out of me. Like, physically, he like felt something leave him. And he was like, okay, no, no, no. Somebody touched me with intent. It was different. There was faith here. And and something's going on in the spiritual realm. I could feel it was different. And so the woman's like, me? <laughs> you know, like, it was me. But then she was instantly healed. 
But Jesus said we do greater things. You want to see the greater version of that? Check this out. Acts 19. It was even greater with Paul. Remember, this is Luke. Luke wrote Acts, and this is Luke writing. It says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Another uh, translation says extraordinary miracles. I don't know about you, but I think every miracle is unusual and extraordinary, right? But Luke was saying, hey, we've seen miracles, but then these are like miracle miracles, okay? Like these are like the cray-cray ones, the insane ones, the ones that nobody would believe if you told them. Like it's just like there's no way that happened. And Luke's like, yeah, it did. It was pretty intense. So this is what he's saying. Unusual miracles with handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on people, on sick people. They were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Now, remember what happened with Jesus? She came up to him and touched him. She was healed. What happens with Paul? Even greater. They take Paul's cloak and take it to the sick people and they're healed. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. Like, I want that power. Like, this is an amazing kind of power. I would definitely want this. And I would hope that we would want to see God move in these unusual, extraordinary ways. And there were some other people that wanted that power. They did. They saw everything was happening with Paul. They're like, hey, we want to do that too. That's some pretty cool stuff. So just a few verses later, Acts 19, 13 through 16, it says, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. <laughs> I love that. In the name of Jesus, who that, that guy over there, he did some cool stuff. Yeah, that Jesus. You come out of there. <laughs> Demons, yeah, that's how basically what they're doing. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And one day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Wait a second. Why didn't it work? I thought we were just supposed to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, you know, be set free right now. I thought that's what we're supposed to do. Here's a problem. The power to heal and deliver comes when God is with you. They were trying to use somebody else's power. They were trying to use somebody else's relationship with God for power in their own life. Uh, that's not how it works. When the power of the Holy Spirit flows through you, then you can command sickness and disease to be gone. Then you can hear the voice of God more clearly, feel his presence, feel his leading, and tell people about Jesus boldly and share your faith. Let me tell you, I feel like a lot of people sometimes in the church almost trying to invoke the name of Pastor Trevor who teaches me about Jesus every Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, in the name of Jesus that Pastor Trevor is always talking about, be healed. You know, it's like, that's not how it works. It's not, you can't use my power. I got my own. You can't use somebody else's relationship with God. You got to have your own. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit yourself. You need the Holy Spirit in you is what you need. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't want to live without this promise. I don't want to live without this power. I would not want to live without the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's shocking that people don't want this, honestly. 
really, that's the question is, do you want that, right? That's the question then. Not everybody does. I hope you do, but not everybody does. It'd be like at Christmas when you're opening your gifts, maybe when you were young and your dad drops a gift in front of you and says, hey, I got this amazing gift for you. You're going to really love it. It's going to be awesome. And you're just like, nah, I'm good. Like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? No, seriously, like, you're going to love this gift. I I got it just for you. It's amazing. I really want you to open it. I can't wait for you to see what's inside. And you're just like, no, honestly, I'm fine, actually. I'm good with the gifts that you got me last year. (laughs) That's what we do. We're satisfied with our salvation. Oh, man, let me, let me preach today. But there's another gift that God wants to give you. Amen? It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. Not everybody wants it, though. And so the next logical question is just, why not? You know, follow the logic. Okay, not everybody does. We know that. So why? Why don't people want the power of the Holy Spirit? It doesn't make any sense. And I think there's a few reasons why. The first one, honestly, is that you've just never heard about this before. This might be the first time that you've ever heard this kind of teaching, talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. we got a lot of people that grew up Catholic or different denominations, or maybe, man, you've never been in church before, and you're like, I barely know Jesus. Okay, I've never even read the book of Acts. I have no idea what we're talking about. And so, man, I'm so honored to be able to tell you about this free gift that God brings you today. He brings you salvation. He brings you hope. He brings you life. He brings you peace. And God wants to have a relationship with you. Why? Because he loves you. Come on, somebody. But then he also wants to clothe you with power from on high, is what Jesus said. That's how he put it. Oh, man, that's some good news right there. That's the gospel. But I think a lot of people, there's two reasons. The first one is that you've been taught that it's not for you. It's like somebody switched the name on the gift. You know, you have your gifts and you have the little, the little tag that has the name on it, who it's for. It's like maybe you've been taught that, well, no, this gift isn't for you. Actually, you come up to it and you pick up the gift and, and it says on the name thing, uh, Peter and Paul. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's just for Peter and Paul, not for me. And you move on. How did the name get switched? Somebody taught you that that gift wasn't for you. They switched it. Your name was on it originally, and your father is like, whoa, hold on a second. This was supposed to be for you. But then you're thinking that it's not because somebody taught you or you think or whatever. This is how you read the Bible, whatever. I don't care. But you feel like it's not for you today. Let me tell you, we got to get that name switched back on there. It is for you. It's for every single one of us. The Holy Spirit is a gift for you and for me. But then the, mo- the biggest thing I think, and this is what scares me the most, is people that know about this but are just content with where they're at spiritually. It's like, honestly, I'm good. It's like a boy that looks under the tree and finds a big Hot Wheels car, right? Or, or a little Hot Wheels car. Your kids ever do this? Like you open up Christmas presents and they get like to the second present and it's something they really wanted. And they're like, yes, Hot Wheels car. And then they just start going to play with that present, you know, like they just completely forget about all the other gifts that are over there. And they just want to play with this one because like, yes, I love this one. And they're so focused on this, but there's a massive present over in the corner with their name on it. 
But they're not even looking over there because all they can think about is the one that's right in front of them. Come on, some of y'all are just thinking about the little Hot Wheels car of your salvation when your father has a big old electric vehicle for you over here that your kid can drive around all across the street causing havoc. You know what I'm talking about? Those little things, you know? Some of your kids have them, and we're almost hitting them in the street. Be careful, kids. Anyway, but you know what I'm talking about. Those big ones, it's like you're satisfied with this little toy car of your salvation, and yet there's this massive baptism of the Holy Spirit with power and authority that you're completely ignoring because you got this one first, and you're just like, I'm cool with that. I like that. That's fine with me. Man, it's like the father is saying, I have this amazing gift for you, but you're not even looking at it. You're not even going for it. You're just saying, I'm good with this. And he's saying, I have this amazing gift for you, but I can't open it for you. You have to do that. You have to desire it. You have to look for it. You have to seek after it. And if I can encourage you with anything today, it's simply to seek after the Holy Spirit, to seek after more of God, to understand that there is more than what you've known. There is. I've seen it time and time in my life, and I can't wait to share more testimonies with you, but we got to get out of here, okay? This is what I want to do. I want you, for the next few minutes, I, I don't want you to worry about the next service, and I want you to worry about what you're doing. I want you to lock in for just a moment, okay? And I want everybody to stand up, I want you to seek after this gift. You have to desire the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have to desire for God to move in your life. He told the disciples, wait for it. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Don't be a witness. Don't try to heal until you receive the power of God in your life. You need the Holy Spirit. You need more. Whether or not you believe it or not, I know you need it because I know I need it. And the best part about it is it's the gift that keeps on giving. Come on, somebody. It says in so many times all throughout the book of Acts that once they got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, you know how many times? There's like five or six other times that you read through the book of Acts. You'll see it. It says, and they were filled again. And they were filled again and filled again. So whether you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before or you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit before, let me tell you, this is something that you get again and again and again and again. Jesus would always retreat. He'd be praying for people, loving on people, and then he would retreat and go be in solitude for a while. Why? What do you think he was doing when he was by himself? He was praying and saying, Father, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit more? I want to be led by you. I want to touch more people. I want to accomplish the mission that you've called me to accomplish. God, would you help me? Holy Spirit, would you come? You believe? What do you think he was doing? He was getting recharged and refilled with the dunamis, explosive Holy Spirit power of the Father on high. So if you want that today, and you want to be a better witness for your son and daughter that doesn't know Jesus yet. If you want to be a witness at your workplace and help tell your co-workers about Jesus boldly. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, man. God wants to give you this gift today, right here, right now. If you want to read your Bible and have it just jump out at the page at you because the Holy Spirit illuminates to you. Come on, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. If that's you and you want that, would you just come on up to the front? Find a spot in the aisles. I want to pray with you. I want to worship with you today. So come on up to the front right now. If that's you, say, I want Holy Spirit power in my life. I want to pray with you right now that God would do it in your life. Come on up. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. Wherever you're at, we're going to sing this song. Just lift your hands in this place. Let's worship Jesus together for a little bit. Come on, we're saying, God, I'm available. 
I'm available. You Do whatever you want, God. Lift it up you today. God, we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Father, we need you today. Holy Spirit, would you move you today? lift it up. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. Wherever you're at, whether you're at the front, whether you're at the back, come on, let's just praise Him for a little bit longer. Come on, God, we want to go deeper today. God, help us not to pull back, but to press into your presence. God, we're pressing in for more. We want miracles and signs and wonders in this house, God. This would be a house of miracles today. Thank you, Jesus. Pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. We want to know your heart. We want to know your heart. Because your love is so much sweeter than anything I tasted. I want to know your heart. 
I know for many people this might be new. Um, I just have felt like the last few weeks, the message I feel like God keeps giving me is just to tell you just to press in. Don't pull back, but to press in. Like, if you don't understand, that's okay for now. Like, that's fine. Just don't, because you, we fear what we don't understand, right? That's another reason why people don't go for more is because they don't get it. I'm just like, ah, it's kind of confusing. I promise we'll get there. I'll help break it down. We'll talk about all this stuff and what it means. You confused about tongues, we'll talk about it. You know what I mean? Like miracles, how does that work? What's this power supposed to do? How do I share my faith with people? That's what the book of Acts is all about. We're gonna be in here for a year, y'all, okay? We got time, so. The point is, is I feel like God is just saying, just press in. He told the disciples to wait. It took them 10 days, by the way. They prayed in the upper room for 10 days. So you gotta press in. It takes the earnestness, the seeking, the desire. God doesn't just drop his Holy Spirit on people who are flipping about it. And that's not how it works. I don't know why God chooses to do things he does, but that's, that's how it works, all right? You gotta want it, you gotta seek after him. So whether you're at home uh, by yourself praying, driving to work, coming back from work praying, man, I just wanna encourage you, seek after God. Uh, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 15. I was just by myself on a playground, you know? Just praying, seeking after God. No one else around me, no one praying for me. And so I encourage you, seek after more. Read the book of Acts for yourself and we'll see what God does, amen? All right, Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for every family represented here. Help them to stay safe today and, and have just an absolute blast uh, watching this game with friends and family and whatever it is they, they do today, God. Would you just remind them of your love and remind them as they're even watching the game who the real winning team is. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Hey, love you guys.